0: strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com slash B-E. That's IXL.com slash B-E.
1: Welcome to Changemaker EDU, a podcast that inspires powerful individual and collective transformation by sharing leadership personal development and education change making ideas and stories to ignite people like you to create the change deep within your soul embody your calling and bring your dreams to life i'm your host david k richards and i share wisdom for my 25 plus years as an education innovator school founder and CEO, mindset teacher, and leadership coach, but also interviewing other diverse paradigm shifters. Join me in our grassroots movement to create lasting impact, one education changemaker at a time. Hey, everyone, I want to jump on before you get into the podcast episode today and share that I'm launching the Wise Warrior Mastermind, which I'm really excited about because you know when something comes through me, it comes through with full energy and love. And I really wanted to convene a group, a small group of about five people where we can really go deep and create a safe container, a safe environment, place where you can just be free, let yourself be you. You don't have to worry about bringing any baggage into the group. And we can really focus on these mindset teachings that I have embodied and learned and mastered over the last several years. And I can share them with you and we can work on them together and we can support each other and create some lasting impact and change in your life. So we can focus on how to lead with love, how to live and flow, how to master your thoughts and what belief systems you have and so many other things that we're going to work on together. So if you're interested, please reach out to me at david at davidkrichards.com or you can go to the website davidkrichards.com slash program slash mindset. We're going to get better together. We're going to learn. We're going to grow and it's going to be a, a small number of us. So if you're interested, please reach out as soon as possible because we don't have that many spaces. All right. Enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Hello, everyone. I just had a great conversation with Anita Lennon and you're going to learn more about her. But I wanted to ask her, what are some of the takeaways from today's conversation?
2: We talked about conscious parenting and how conscious parenting uh, affected my uh, life, uh, raising my two boys. Yeah. And also I became a conscious parenting coach. And also the main point of conscious parenting in this, in this uh, context is that I'm starting a school where i will be bringing in um conscious parenting principles and i uh also plan to ask the parents to be on board with conscious parenting this way uh we can integrate this entire conscious parenting idea into the family's lives that we're um that for the kids that come to my school um then we also talked about because of this because of the school i'm starting we talked about following um following your dreams and that the best way to, to do that for me is to keep the momentum going and just never give up.
1: Yes, yes. Okay, I love this so much. And all the things that Anita said, and I wanted Anita to be on because she has deep experience raising her children, obviously. And she shares some personal experiences about both of her boys and who are now adults and kind of the experience she had and why that ex- it really propelled her to want to start a school. And we also talk about the fact that you don't have to be a professional educator to start a school. And Anita and I work together. I am her coach. So I definitely encourage her not to worry about being, and you who are listening to you don't have to be a professional educator to start a school. And then we talked about really following, like Anita said, following your dream and following through on the call that's coming through you. And Anita even shared, you know, years and years ago, she had this idea to start a school. And eventually through conscious parenting and her own inner work and, kind of just sitting with it and feeling into it. Eventually, it became something she really wanted to bring into the world. So that is possible for you too. But all this will be talked about in the episode. Thanks so much for coming on, Anita. Thank you. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm super excited today to be with Anita Lennon. Hi, Anita. How are you?
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Great, great. So excited to have you. So I always love to start by just asking maybe you could share with the guests a little bit about you so we can learn more about Anita, the amazing Anita.
2: <laughs> Thank you for the amazing introduction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: welcome. Um, to give a very, very short um, bio, I um, I was born and raised in Hungary, communist Hungary, and I uh, came to the United States um, when I was 21 years old. I came by myself and... Um, Worked my uh, way through school, college. I'm in mean college and uh, law school. Um, had all sorts of, uh, fun jobs like a nanny and, <laughs> uh, babysitting, cleaning houses, all of that. Um, it was lots of fun, but eventually I became a lawyer and, um, it just so happened that I fell into uh, a Wall Street type job. Um, so I've been, I've been doing that uh most of my adult life for about 25 years um a compliance consultant for brokerage firms um but the twist is that um about 7 years ago um i realized that uh, that's not what i want to do when i grow up so <laughs> yeah. i decided um i decided that i really want to help people and i want to empower people and when i say people i mean old people but really mean mostly kids because i always had a passion for kids and so I took some um um certifications for life coaching. And most recently, uh, a couple of years ago, I did uh, Dr. Shafali's uh, conscious parenting Coaching Institute, which is basically now my my main um focus in coaching
1: That is a great summary. And I think you win the award for literally doing like a one to two minute <laughs> tell me about yourself. <laughs> so cool. And we met through Dr. Shafali. So I did a course with her years ago, like a year-long course in about 2017, I believe. And I never did the Coaching Institute, but I know a lot of people that came from that course, or were 600 of us that did the Coaching Institutes afterwards. So, But we were not in that course together. However, we did meet through Shafali, So it's a great to have another Shefali connection. And the way we actually met is... Anita is looking to open a school. And so she helped me rekindle my passion of helping people open schools because she called me and said hey are you interested in i heard that you're like helping people open schools and i'm like oh actually i'm not <laughs> doing that anymore And <laughs> i love how the universe works when it's kind of like oh you thought you weren't doing that anymore but now we're going to have this little cosmic setup and anita's going to call you and you're going to realize that you're supposed to be working with her so we've been working on her school which i'd love to hear more about and why you wanted to start this school that's coming soon soon you know ish
2: soon ish (laughs) we're working on it um well i have two boys uh they are now 18 and 20 and um i have been through a lot of schooling obviously with them yeah and um the frustration level um with the public schools um was very very high for me um Partially because I come from a different country, and it was very different, wasn't necessarily better, but so that wasn't good. And then I came here. This wasn't good. Um, <laughs> right. then they went to for a couple of years, they went to Catholic school, and that was even worse for in my experience. I'm not mm-hmm. judging anybody, but in my experience, yeah. it was it was worse for them psychologically. And um so it really just came to that point that I you know, a lot of their friends spend a lot of time in my house, and yep. I started to see. The damage that's being done. Um, and I've, I felt like, I felt like you don't necessarily have to be a teacher by diploma, mm-hmm. uh, to teach kids. And, and I just felt like if the kids are not all about competition and, um, all the stress that the, the, you know, the expectations that are put on them, um, if, if that's not their focus and they can just be themselves, Yep. And they will naturally want to learn because kids are born hungry. They want to learn. They want to take in everything. And I've seen that with my kids and I watched them lose that hunger. At right. least one of them. The other one is still okay. And so.
1: Okay. How old are they now? Did you share that?
2: 18 and 20.
1: Okay. So you've gone through kindergarten through eighth grade with both of them? Yes. Okay. Yes. And what you said that what are what, you just saying one of them
2: well one of them didn't lose his hunger fully
1: oh okay <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: the other one well the other one lost his hunger for learning per se but he's a musician and he's very hungry for that type of experience okay, still. <clears throat>
1: okay. but
2: that was i feel like there was a lot of damage control that i had to do at home
1: yeah yeah. And you, if I remember correctly, you're in a pretty nice area of the U.S. It's not like you're in kind of a place where the schools are not supposed to be good or they're under-resourced. Like you're in a well-resourced suburban yes. community. I mean, right?
2: We moved here in this particular um, area in New Jersey because they said this was you know, one of the better schools, not the best in the in the county or state, but it's a really, really, it's a strong, it's a solid school district. Yeah. Um, you know, with very high property taxes. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. You're,
2: you're thinking you're really going to get your money's worth.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you, you
2: did get it, you know?
1: <laughs> okay. So, tell me about their experience a little bit and the places where you feel like there's gaps. And as a parent, you're like, I want to do school differently and I want to start this school. Like, yeah, just tell me a little bit about the gaps you saw with your own kids.
2: So, one of my kids is a crazy child. Mm-hmm. And, I love crazy him it. Way, right? <laughs> crazy in a good way, right? Uh, crazy in a good way. People suggested I should probably test him for ADHD, which I didn't. Okay.
1: Um,
2: but I find I found different channels for him to, you know, channel his uh, energy, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, helped him with with um, you know, his uh, deficit, <laughs> attention deficit as much as I could uh, mm-hmm. organically. Um, but he was a crazy child. So I I, I just found over the years that. Most teachers just couldn't stand him, Mm -hmm. couldn't stand him because he was just moving too much. He was too loud and they couldn't, they couldn't or couldn't or didn't want to deal with it. Right. So he just always felt like he would come home and he would be like, no, I want, you know, I wonder tomorrow what they're going to be yelling at me about.
1: And what grade did this start? Do you remember?
2: Um, that pretty much started in, uh, third grade.
1: Okay. So pretty early. Yeah.
2: Pretty early. Yes. So
1: he was asking like, what are they going to yell at me about now? Like, how can I yeah. basically, how do, how can I be a bad kid today? So that's yeah. the question he yeah. asked Yeah.
2: So it was, it was more about just surviving school, not enjoying. Mm-hmm. And when I think when a kid is in that state, learning is really difficult.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
2: Especially if they do have some sort of attention deficit, which I think most boys do whether yeah, or not exactly. they're diagnosed as such. <laughs> Yeah, but they, you know, they they want to move and yeah, and in in these schools there's no room for free play or just time off and and you know do what you need to do at this point. You know, mm-hmm. there's just structure, 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 and that's okay. their life.
1: Yeah,
2: it's their life. I mean, I don't think we adults could live in that, but we expect yeah. the kids to be living in that, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
2: you know, so that's one. That was one of my ch- uh, children. The other one. Was the opposite. He's the, he's a good boy. You know, he's, he's always trying to meet expectations and uh, he's more of a pleaser. Uh, he's also very, very smart. So what happens to a kid like that? Nobody notices him because he's not a problem. Right. So, you know, he had this quiet confidence from kindergarten on, but nobody cared. Right. And he was just, eh, you know, he's the kid we don't have to worry about. Right. And so, he wasn't challenged, he wasn't um, complimented, you yeah. know, as as a, as a child like that should be, you know, um, and he was, you know, he was always a good kid, he was there for his friends, he was doing the right thing, whatever that means, you know, um, and he was just not seen at all. Mm-hmm. And so I sat here and wondered how that, how that works, you know, the kid can be nice or the kid can be crazy. And either way, it's, it's not working.
1: Right. It's so fascinating that you have like those kind of like contrasts between the two boys. It's really fascinating. I, we haven't gotten into this much specific. So this is really good to hear.
2: Yeah. So, you know, then I was, uh, then I thought to myself, you know, I really would like to have a school where I get to, you know, allow these kids to, to just be themselves. Yes. And actually celebrate them for it. Yes, you know, be curious about who they are, and learn more and more every day. And then everything they want to learn, it's gonna come. It's gonna come organically. Yeah, you know, I don't claim to be the expert in that. You know, you, you know, Peter Gray, right, and and some other people who, who already proved that in you know almost scientifically that kids learn much better when they get to play when they're yeah we'll have Peter Gray to be authentic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I just wanted to share. We'll have Peter Gray. I know I have like a bunch of interviews I've done, but I think in the next month or two. So mm-hmm. probably like um, or I'm not sure when this one will go out, come out, but probably like November, December, you'll be hearing from Peter Gray. And like Anita said, and thanks, Anita, for the, the suggestion. But yeah, he talks about his 50 years of research and all the connections with play and mental health and learning and just it, it's like common sense when you hear him talk about it.
2: And he also generally talks about Sudbury, not just his own, but also Sudbury's success, Sudbury's Valley Schools. Yeah. And uh, it, it's all based on trusting, trusting the child's own hunger and, you know, authenticity to learn. Yeah. And it's really important.
1: Well, and I, I wanted to connect with your two boys because they kind of remind me of my own two children and then my brother and myself. and that. My brother, my my family, a lot of people in my family have dyslexia. So my dad's severely dyslexic, my brother and my nephew, and all of them had a similar experience in kind of suburban, quote unquote, good public schools in that they were just kind of, they can never fit into the, it was like the, uh, what do they say, square peg into a round hole, right? Yeah. And no one really kind of knew what to do with them. And it really affected their confidence, right? Because the school system... If you don't know how to read, write, and do math really well, then you don't really seem to have much value in, in the school system. And then my myself was the quiet kid. And I tell people this, and they don't believe me. And I'm like, no, it's true. Like, through my whole K-12 through 12 experience, there was one teacher, my spring of my senior year. So we're talking about when I was already 18. I turned 18 in October. That actually saw me and got to know me. in my whole K-12. through 12, So it's so common. And then when I became a teacher, my first step was like, whatever kid is hiding in the back or hiding on the side or hide, I'm going to get to know that kid so well. And they would be so they would be so taken aback. They're like, no one ever talks to me. Why are you talking to me? You know, and and so I always had a commitment to your two boys. Like the one that yeah. didn't fit into the system because they had quote unquote a deficit, which drives me insane that it's called that. And also the kid that hides really well. And that is never noticed. And so I'm seeing my two kids go through the system right now. And my son is one that we get phone calls about, like he's misbehaving. And then my daughter's the one that they're like, wait, what's her name again? Wait, wait, how, how old is she? Or wait, is she more like, she's the youngest in your class, but she's the tallest. Wait, what does what? she
2: look like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she actually kind of looks like me, which is funny. But yeah, so um, so I really love that example of what's driving your vision for the school. And so... Tell us a little bit more. I know we've talked about it a bunch, but I want people to hear because I feel like you bring a unique perspective from the conscious parenting lens because you've obviously been trained and sort certi- of you know certified in conscious parenting, which I want to hear about. And so you bring that in, but then just bringing in this... It's like I've, heard, I've read the research on innovation and it's like you want somebody who knows enough to be dangerous, but not so much they're an expert. So you're exactly that, right? You've, your kids have been through the system, so you know a lot. But you haven't been trained by the experts. So you're not going to say, well, this is the way it should be done. And right. then continue to do the same old thing just a little bit differently. So I asked you a lot of questions. Tell me about conscious parenting and tell me. I'm I'm excited. I told you I was excited to see you. Tell me about conscious parenting first, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your school and like what you want to do with it in the vision. Okay.
2: So we start with conscious parenting. Yeah. Um yeah. conscious parenting um is the easiest way to describe really is to compare it to traditional parenting Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and um you know the the biggest difference is really is that traditional parenting is control and Mm fear-based while conscious parenting is connection and empowerment but mostly connection yeah above anything and um you know while while in, in traditional parenting there there's like rewards and punishment and you know very strict rules um in the in the conscious parenting it's more just natural consequences and it, you yep. know it doesn't you know a lot of a lot of lot, oftentimes people think that oh conscious parenting is like a, the kid can do anything they want is that how it works and no not at all in fact there are boundaries mm-hmm. there have to be boundaries there needs to be guidance yep. but it's based on you getting to know the child, yeah. And you know, I I I see around me most parents don't know who their child is. You know, they they love their child. Yeah. They say, you know, we're doing the best for the child, but you can only do the best for them if you know who they are, right? Right. right. And most of it, most of it, um, is just you know coming back to the parent, and that's okay. the that's what's unique about conscious parenting. That it's about the parent; it's not about the child, right? You know, it's not about fixing the child. It's about getting to know who we are and how that projects onto the child. And you know, every time we get triggered by that child, it's basically us, not them, right? So you know, that's that's the kind of journey that you just keep on going. (laughs) It's never going to be a hundred percent. It's never going to be fully healed, but just the awareness of it. I think is the key. You know, we started a Facebook group in New Jersey and we call it conscious aware and imperfect parenting.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: because I, I feel that you have to put the two together, conscious and imperfect is the key. Yep. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but you also know that, that it's coming from you.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: You know, so that's, that's, that's the key to the, to conscious parenting, I think. And also just be in the moment as opposed to. Yes. You know uh, the anxiety of oh I want my kid to be a singer or I want my kid right. to be this and that you go know future or past, you know past base. What did you say?
1: I said go to Harvard. <laughs> like we're already deciding when they're three that they're going to go to an Ivy League school or exactly whatever it is. exactly going right. to be a professional dancer or an athlete or yeah. whatever it is that we have. Yeah. Dreams about
2: exactly, but do, we didn't you just said it. It's coming. It's coming back to you already, right? So you exactly. just you just did it. I know. So yeah, it's 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 funny because the way it connects is, you know, I, and that's why I, I, I don't know if I told you, I want to call my school kite, kite method. Yeah. that's yeah. based on the idea of the traditional versus conscious parenting.
1: Yeah.
2: That in in traditional parenting, I know it sounds a little harsh, but it, it's almost like a leash. You know, I, I have the child, I control the child. Yeah. Um, I tell them how, how far they can go and when they have to be back and all that stuff. And with a kite, you let them kind of fly, you know, and let them do their yes. thing, and you stu- you you have that little bond, that invisible bond, and you have the real. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if there's danger, yeah, you know, so it's not like they get to get away, so to speak. Yeah. but they they're free free to fly.
1: Yes, yes. Okay, so with conscious parenting, I love the kite method. I want to talk more about that. With conscious parenting, I remember when I fir- my friend first introduced it to me back in 2016, and my first thought was. I literally an eye roll of like, oh, here we go. Like, it's going to be one of these, you know, the kids, you know, as an educator, I get really allergic to these because I have to deal with these kids in the school. It's like, oh, we just, our kid doesn't have boundaries. And yeah, they do what, like literally do whatever they want. And they come in as like five-year-olds and you're like, oh, wow, this is hard. And so anyway, that was my original kind of perception. And then as I obviously... got more into it. My wife and I've been all in for like several years now, but that was my first impression. And I feel like other people might be thinking that that I've heard of it before. So it's not that. So I'm glad you clarified that. There's a lot of boundaries, a lot of structures, a lot of logical consequences, all those kind of things. It's not just, you know, let them just do whatever they want. And then the other piece that my wife really struggled with in the first six months of the Shafali course was that she's like, this is really hard for me because I am beating myself up because Shafali keeps saying it's about you as the parent. So then she's like crying and saying like, I like, I'm the problem. Like, it was so hard for her. She's like, and then she would get angry. I I can't, this was several years ago, just so in her defense, she doesn't do this anymore, but this is the beginning. And she's like, I can't do this. Like every, I already feel bad every day about being a bad mother. And now this woman is telling me that I am a bad mother and I better keep looking at myself because I'm a really bad mother. (laughs) So it took her a while to go through that, which I'm sure you see with your clients.
2: Somewhere, right yeah no it's 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 really hard and it's also i think it's really important to understand what what Chafali is saying there about co-creation mm-hmm. you know and that it, it's it's not about assigning blame at all right you right. know right. um even though it sounds that way yeah it's more just taking responsibility for my share of a co-creation and that goes for you know spousal relationships In relationship, yeah. Or, you know, any adult relationships as well as with your own own children. Yep. And once you understand that you, you're the one co-creating, you have the power. You, it's a power thing. It's not a something that you feel bad about. Exactly. But, you know, I can understand that. I, you know, I did go through that many times. Yep. And, and you know, I always, I always say, I joke about that, that, you know, I screwed up so many things in my life. That's why I'm such an expert.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because
2: now I know what not to do.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think
2: that's really important, you know? Yeah. And the other thing, especially for women, I think is, is, is not to go too far away from this topic is, you know, Gabor Mate, um, I'm taking also that course, the compassionate inquiry, which is a year long, um, certification. Yeah. Uh, But it's, it teaches you to have compassion for yourself when you screw up. Yes. You know, and have that love for yourself that that's okay. I am here for me. I'm here for me. Yes. And yes, I will screw up and that's okay too. Yeah. And you know, if you just practice that every day, then eventually I think for me at least, the combination of the, the government takers and Shafali yeah. finally got me to the point that I am not feeling guilty or I'm not feeling ashamed or horrible about myself. You <laughs> I yes. feel like um, you know what? I am human. That's it.
1: Yes. And my wife doing similarly doing the work with Dr. Shafali and and then a lot of programs with Suzy Lula in the last yes. couple, you know, yeah. several years. Yeah. Okay. So, but I think there's this beautiful integration of conscious parenting, your experience as a parent and your desire to kind of create a school that's not the one your kids went through. So let's talk about the Kite method, the school. So what do you see there? And how do you think all these kind of pieces are integrating together in what you would like to see in the school?
2: Uh, Well, the way I see this school is, um, you know, it would be an all-inclusive community. Um, because one of my goals is to unite different mm-hmm. people from different walks of life. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very important to me that whoever comes to that school has that understanding and also different type of people, you know, different religion, different ethnicity, different country, different culture, yeah. because, you know, just ta- those kids talking to each other and understanding their own, you know, their cultures that they come from, that is like a history lesson, right? Oh, so that's best. already yeah. part of the curriculum. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the things that's really important. Um, the second one is I would only take on people. Uh, I mean, uh, usually they they look at they want to see the kid. I want to see the parent. Yeah. Because I need the parents to be a hundred percent open to conscious parenting. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because so many times parents send these kids to these schools that are, you know, amazing schools, right? But then the, the child goes home and the same problems persist at home because we just discussed that in conscious parenting, it comes back to the parent. So if the parent has their own traumas and they're dealing with a lot of stuff in their, their current life and they don't realize what the, you know, what kind of damage they're doing to their child, then yeah. it doesn't matter if the child goes to the best school in the world, exactly right. So here it would be there would be an opportunity for workshops for mm-hmm. parents to to learn about it, to understand it, and perhaps maybe start their own journey either by taking Shafali's course or you know go and go and find a coach or come to me yeah. <laughs> for coaching or yeah. whatever it may be. But they will have an opportunity to heal themselves. So when they are healed, they can. You know, deal deal with their children accordingly, and so the child suffers less, yeah, so I think that part is really important. And you know, the conscious the fact that I went through the conscious parenting and my approach to these children is the same as it would be from the parent at that time. So we're really all just curious about the child,
1: yes, I love how it's all coming together and how you have the i this is why I want to have you on because I think it's a unique combination of. You have this deep expertise in conscious parenting, and you also have this vision for the school. And to your point, a lot of times in the traditional schools, we basically isolate the parents. I think I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but in my son's 1000 student middle school with, I don't know how many parents, you know, 1500, 2000, let's say there are like 30 people that are on the PTA and then everyone else is really not involved. So we're talking about, don't make me do the math, but it's like what, 1% or something. So it's like 99% of the, parents are not even really involved maybe other than emailing a teacher every once in a while so what i love about your vision is that you're really saying and i know a lot of the great schools that i've been looking at they interview the parents not the student and they say like are you ready to come here are you ready for this philosophy are you ready and if yeah. you're not that's okay but we're just going to get really clear that this is about your behavior as a parent and what you believe because that's your child's going to do great here because they're open and they're curious, and we're going to provide an environment where they can just be free. But are you ready for that? And so I love that you have that clarity and that you're saying, if you're ready for that, then we're all in this together. And it's going to be the partnership that I learned about in graduate school that most schools don't do, which is like the beautiful partnership between the parent and the child and the school.
2: Yeah. And, you know, not to knock the um, the PTA, but, you know, being part of the PTA is not necessarily being mentally... Right. You it's know, not even going through yeah. this journey for the child. So, yeah. you know, I, I used to be like, well, you know what? I don't want to be in the PTA because you know, what do I care? Right. Yeah. But to me, to me, that was more just like a project that I had to do or more, more yeah. time. And, you know, I work full time. I can't do this, but I don't think that this is something that is going to be a daily time consuming thing. Right. Or like a state of mind. Yes. It's a state of mind. That's not going to require them to spend all this time with the children because yeah we're at the school we're there to yeah. handle that part yeah. it's really just they have to be be on board and be open enough to want to learn so they can understand what we're trying to do and they can also help themselves at home with the child
1: yeah that's the best and i remember one of the episodes i'm releasing soon is with manisha story uh, snoyer about modulo.ap i think it is anyway but she talks about how She's a very firm believer in homeschooling and that she said everyone always asked her like how does a parent have the right to be homeschooling like they're not a teacher and she got very passionate about this and I know you probably agree that it's like the best teacher is the parent so the question should be reverse why are we actually saying that somebody who went through a, some sort of state certification is just all of a sudden like now they're qualified to teach our child right so i feel like it's getting really clear with the parent and the school, like, is this what we want to be doing for our child? And you're as you, as a parent, as the first teacher and one of the most valuable teachers. And now it's like, let's collaborate, let's work together. And let's, and to your point, it doesn't mean that they're in the school all day, every day, like some of the co-op schools, but it's more like we're going to be philosophically on the same page. And we're going to be in the same state of mind. And we're going to have the same kind of values to how we deal with the different things that are going to happen inevitably with children in the school. It's not going to be punitive. It's not going to be judging the parent. It's not going to be the voicemails I get which are kind of like your terrible child did it again. I mean, really my son's great. He gets, we get like one or two a year, but it's always like very, he's terrible. He did a bad job. And it's never like, we like your son and we think he could work on this. It's just kind of like all the bad things about him. And it's nobody wants to get those phone calls, right? You want to work in partnership.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I just, you know, I kind of got a little triggered when you said that, because, you know, when, when, some, when they said, you, you know, your child was bad or behaved bad, that just triggers me right away because yeah. clearly then they're not seeing the child. Yep. Because no, there's no, no bad child, right? <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: There There are children who have, you know, something is on their mind or something is bothering mm. them, or they want more attention, or there's a lot of different things, but you can't, you can't assume bad intent from a child Yeah, because if you do, then you you may not want to work in a school really, you know, or have children, you know, or both, because I think it really just comes back to that. The child is just a child, you know, they're being authentic. They're being themselves and adults are just sitting around judging these kids, right. Based on themselves not yeah. on, based on not, not based on the child it's just not knowing the
1: child yeah exactly and a lot right. of times they're judging themselves right they're judging themselves in the mirror the child is the mirror and so yeah. like with this particular incident with my son I told my wife I said the teacher is really struggling to manage the group I just know this because I'm not I'm Mark. and so my son's taking advantage of that and he's not being you know he's not making great choices And he's riling up the other kids and she's really stressed out and she's feeling bad about herself. And so now she's projecting that onto whatever kids that are in front of her. So it's just like conscious parenting. It's also like being a conscious teacher and asking yourself like, what is my role in this? And that's what I love about your vision is that like the teachers, the parents, anyone who's involved in the school is going to be working through the conscious path and sort of asking like, how am I involved? What's my co-creation to your point? And, And how can I be better? How can I do better? Not judge, have a lot of compassion for myself and just everybody's working together to create the best environment for the kids.
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly your scenario. You know, in a situation like that, I could see that it might be difficult for a teacher if there's a group there. But if she's creative and she cares, then she could Mm -hmm. say to your, you know, to your son, Hey, come, let's, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's make a plan. What are we going to do? Because the other kids are really listening to you. Why don't you help me? Mm-hmm. And he would help, right? I mean, he would jump to help.
1: Probably. Yes, and he's had great teachers in the past that have really figured that out very quickly.
2: Yeah, so it's like, re- it's really about you know being cre- creative and also just being loving and not assuming a bad thing, just mm-hmm. assuming that this child just needs something. And yeah, figuring out what that something is.
1: Yeah, and I always say a lot of the times because somebody who's worked as a teacher in different systems. I will, the first thing that comes out of my mouth to my wife is don't judge the teacher and it's not the fault of the teacher. And I always say that because I know that the system is creating this and the teachers are doing their best and they care about the kids and they love the kids and they're doing their best. But it's like the system is depersonalizing it. The system is making it transactional. The system is giving them way too many things to do and way too many kids and difficult parents that are, you know, yelling at them. So like they're coming in already in survival mode. And all it takes is my kid, you know, probably being a smart aleck and like, that's going to set her over the edge. So I don't ever, I'm not saying you blame the teacher, but I feel like the system, like in your vision, the teacher will be, you know, smaller classes and they'll be cared for. They'll feel like they're seen and heard. So then they can in turn see and value the children, right? Because they're not in this big bureaucratic transactional system.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a trickle down effect. You know, they they will go through the conscious parenting, conscious education, whatever you want to call it. So they will have an awareness. They get to heal themselves before they start interacting with kids. And, and it is going to be a co-creation, right? So, you know, if the teacher has to deal with, let's say me, me the administrator, I would have to deal in a way that is, is, is feasible for them too. So they, you know, it's it's mutual here, you know. In the big, as you said, the bu- big public schools, mm-hmm. the administrators just these are the rules, boom, 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 and the teachers have to stand in line and do it. Yeah. And then and then, as you said, the parents come in. They, you know, they yell at them. I have a really good friend who is in a in a big public school, and and she, it, you know, she really gave me her side, and and I felt for her. Yeah. And she tries really hard, but it does come to a point where this entire system is just so dysfunctional. Yeah the entire system, which is why I think, you know, all this homeschooling started, all this unschooling, all yeah. these you know, other schools are popping up. And I think that's probably the future.
1: I yeah. And I was going to mention that to you yeah. because I always tell you that you're a trailblazer and a pioneer. And I feel like I'm seeing all these reports now that, yes, this is the future. And I'm seeing like the data support that in that, you know, California had a 78% increase in homeschooling. The the percentage of homeschoolers in the last five years, like doubled. And so it used to be kind of more fringe, To do these like alternative schools and the unschool and the homeschool and, um, you know, these smaller kind of schools that you're talking about or schools that are just so different. That would be more like, you know, maybe it was like somebody who was very religious and they didn't want their kids in a mainstream school or it was somebody who was very far on the left, you know, liberally and they didn't, or liberal and they didn't want their kids being exposed to whatever. So now it's like people that are not in any of the kind of, you know, outer reaches and are just kind of saying, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I love your approach because you're like, I'm Because most of the time, parents, when they come to me, it's like their kids are three or their kids are seven and they're desperate for a solution. But you're like, oh, I've already actually gone through with my kids. And now I just want to help other kids, which is even a more cool version of what you're doing instead of doing it for your own kids, which I love. But yes, you're the trailblazer, as I always tell you. This is the future. <laughs> parents coming together and saying, I'm not going to continue to try and jump on the Titanic and shift the sinking ship just a little bit. People don't like it when I say that. They're like, you're saying the whole system's going to crash. I'm like, well, maybe not. But let's just call it a big ship that has a lot of dysfunction. You're going to maybe turn it and you're like 18 years as a parent, maybe turn it or whatever, 14, turn it a little bit if you're lucky. Or you're just going to say, hey, I'm going to go and create something on the side that reflects my values and a lot of people that I interact with that have children. And I'm going to do it that way instead of waiting around for something to change. And that's where the ripple effect happens and the grassroots and all that cool stuff, yeah. which is why I love working with people like you. And I'm so excited. <laughs>
2: okay. But that's why, you know, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of the educational part of these private schools is already proven that it's, it's more, it's more successful most of the time than public mm-hmm. schools. But that's why I, I like, you know, so I, I'm not trying to reinvent the the wheel there right. as far as the educational part goes, but just more of that free play, you know, and, and, and getting to know the child. Yeah. And, you know, it's literally just, I feel like it's going to be saving, you know, people, one family at a time because it's it's a child that it's going to affect the parents and the parents, you know, also do this journey. And and I really feel like that it's, it's, it's going to really be very successful, not just for me, but whoever starts, you know, in the next five to 10 years, a smaller school, because I think people are really, really fed up with the school systems everywhere.
1: Yeah. And I think the pandemic really showed people what's actually happening, uh, unfortunately, in a lot of schools. And so they're starting to get more and more serious. And there's kind of like this momentum building. And yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that people like you are really going to show others that it's possible. That's the other thing. I think people don't feel like it's possible. Like, well, who am I? like I said earlier well I'm not an educator why would I start a school right but it's possible and and you don't even have to be the person who runs the school right you could actually just be on a team of people that help start the school i know you're you're wanting to be you know the founder of the school but that's not the only option if you're saying i want to create something in my community it doesn't have to be i'm going to be the one who's there every day you know starting it it could be like i'm going to get a team together and we're going to find somebody which is another option too right
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are many options out there and it's really just how passionate you feel about it. I feel like, and I always, I've always said that in my entire life, you know, when there's, a, there is a way, there's a will, there's a way, right? Yes. <laughs> Not, I'm stuttering. Um, But yeah. So if, if you feel this passion to, to do it and to make a change either for your children, if they're still younger or, you know, the next generation, you know, your, your grandchildren, It's still the same passion and uh, it's, it's totally worth it. And I think these kids are really going to thank you for
1: it. Yeah. And they're, they're going to definitely thank you for it. And I've been telling stories about kids I'm running into that graduated from high school in 2010 Mm -hmm. I'm randomly running into them. And they're like, I didn't realize how great the school was that you guys created. You know, this little small high school we had, they're like, we had no idea. And then I went off and started going into college or into the world. And everyone was telling me how much they just had this very depersonalized transactional high school. And we were we're so thankful. And so it's just helping me see that it's it's definitely possible. And what I was gonna say is it comes from your heart. That's what I feel from you. And so I always, my solo episodes are always like change-making that's coming from your heart is going to change the world because you, when you feel it, like you're answering the call, right? This is not just something you're like, let me think about it. Let me just do that. It's like, no, this is coming through you. It's coming through your heart and absolutely where there's a will, there's a way because this is what you're called to do, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny because it. I think the first time uh, I had this idea was before yeah. all of the coaching stuff. Yeah. And I just woke up one day and I'm like, I want to build a school one day. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I had the two small children. I was divorced, you know, and there was a lot of stuff going on, right? So right. at the time it was just not even something but but the seed was already there and it was just it was in me and then when I did all this coaching things I, I started to understand that this is all heading that way like yes. that's the way I'm heading with this yes you know? and it just after the Shafali course it just became so clear to me that with this knowledge and my personal experience it's a must there the, yeah. you can't not do it because yes. as you said really it, it is coming from your heart so you can't you can't just forget. Yes. You have to do it. And if you if you have this attitude that you have to do it, you will find a way. You know, you have to get a coach. <laughs> 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 or you have to get an advisor or somebody right. who's gonna help you. Um, and it's not easy necessarily, but I do believe that we're gonna open this school next year or oh, the year absolutely. after. No absolutely.
1: No doubt in my mind. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I want to make sure people heard what you said, because I think it's so important, whether it's opening a school or whatever it is that you said, you knew this several years ago, right? So it's like a truth that you knew that kind of sitting there. And this happens with all of my kind of intuitive knowings. And then you kind of, you know, go through life and it's sitting there and you go through life. And then one day it's like, okay, wait, you're doing other things. You're following other breadcrumbs. And then you're like, oh, this is what I meant to do all along. Like, this is it. And... To your point of like you said, you're learning so many things because you've made so many mistakes. That's life, right? So you're just on the journey and you're like, I'm making all these mistakes. And oh, look, here I am now talking about opening this school and look at all these experiences I had to actually help me get more informed and become a better person and be more conscious so that when I open this school, I'm ready to do it. And it's like fully the person I want to be when I'm opening the school. So I wanted people to hear that because I feel like it's really, really important for whatever their change making dream is you already know what it is. And it's just a matter of following those small steps towards...
2: And the more mistakes you can make, the better.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Because that's what's going to give you the next thought and next thought and next idea. You know, if things just fall into place, you you lose that passion because it's too It's too easy. <laughs> it's, too easy. You know? it's, a, it's a human thing, right? When things get yes. a little challenging, that's when you really get fired up, right? Yes. So and you it- have to make all these mistakes. And yeah. the more mis- mistakes you make, the more ex- more experience you have, right?
1: Exactly. So it's like what, tool
2: belt, it's there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what you're saying is really like when it's easy, it becomes mediocre, and that's what we settle for. It's like we settle for mediocrity, and and then one day we're like, gosh, I really wish I would have started that school. Well, now I'm too old, you know. So, and it doesn't happen. So, I don't, I don't feel like you're going to be having that regret. Yeah.
2: I know won't. I, I won't and and you know I agree it's like you, you oh and I'd tell that I'd tell that to my kids always follow your dream if yes. you have a dream if you don't you'll figure it out yeah. but if you have a dream follow it don't wait <laughs>
1: exactly
2: don't wait exactly. you know a lot of people just sit around and wait as you said and then it's too late and you know I'm too old I move I, d- I do this I do that my life is not fitting into that and um that's sad, you don't you don't want to be sad,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to be, I always say it doesn't have to be something that you just like jump off the cliff with. It could just be like what you're doing. You're still doing, you know, you're doing the coaching, you're doing your day job and you're moving this forward. and you just keep taking one step at a time and you follow the kind of knowing that you have and eventually it starts to come together. I think if they even have a book called incrementalism, you know, it's just like, you just do it a little bit at a time. Nobody just woke up one day and all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't all of a sudden Steve Jobs woke up and Apple was just there. Like yeah. It took years and years of...
2: Yeah, of no, No. you You work. keep chipping away at it. But also, it's. I think the other thing that I do every single day is I know for me, and I don't know if it's true for everybody, but for me, I have to keep the momentum. Yes. To me, momentum is key. So if it's me reading about certain schools or it's me listening to Shafali, so it'll hopefully it'll come back one day with one of the kids that I teach, yeah. you know, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, or or mate, every single day I have to do something towards this goal. Every That's day. Difficult. Not a day yeah. goes by. And if 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 all else fails, in the shower, I'll think about it. <laughs> But I'm still going to think about it. I'm still going to think about it.
1: That's that's, momentum. That's key. That's momentum. And that's really the aligned action. So you have the intuitive feeling that you want to do this and you don't know how long it's going to take or the exact timeline, but you're staying aligned with your actions. So that's kind of the masculine energy of like, I'm continuing to read about it, talk about it, come on a podcast, get a coach. Like you're taking all these actions Mm -hmm. and, you're staying focused, and to your point, you know everyone's different, but the concept is the same, which is like, how do you stay aligned in your actions? Even if it's as simple as listening to a 10 minute podcast, that's an aligned action with your your mission and your goal. Oh. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up, even though I can talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted just to ask: Is there anything that maybe we didn't cover that you're like, oh, I wanted to just mention this? And then, where can people find you?
2: Ah. Uh. There was a lot of things we didn't talk about. I mean, we do not really talk about the specifics of the school, but I guess maybe that's enough for another time.
1: Well, we're going to um, get, we're going to put your website. I know it's the, your coaching website, but I'm sure that'll link to the school and they can look at that when it's up.
2: Yeah. So, so my website is pivotlifecoach.com. Great. And um I'm not great on the technology, but I try to put up my uh, Facebook groups uh, that I'm uh, also leading and um you know, more more and more things about the school. So it's um uh, it's all gonna be there. I'm getting there. But that's where yeah. I can be reached. So
1: yeah. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate it. And I hope that people felt your energy and that people that maybe are considering whether they're gonna try something or put themselves out there, they got a little inspired by you today. That's my hope.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me. And uh yes, just do it.
1: Just do it. I like <laughs> just it. Just do
2: it. Thank
1: you. That sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Changemaker EDU podcast. Every guest and listener is a valued part of this co-creation. We're honored that you listen and we hope that this helped you in some small or big way today. This is a community and a movement. And without you, it wouldn't be possible. If you want to learn more about me, go to davidkrichards.com. And as always, if you're so moved, please rate and review the podcast. And finally, our greatest compliment is when you share an episode with someone who you believe will benefit from the message. Sending you immense love and courage today. Thank you.
0: Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards?